All right, sports matchup number 100, March 1st, 2023. Uh, before we get into the NBA, we have a giveaway for the people who listen to this podcast. Um, the keyword or code word, I don't know what term we're using here, will be uh, used in this episode. The, the word is Wheaties. Wheaties, yeah. I was going to tee you up there. Uh, yeah, so the uh, I guess should we tell them how, how they can win the, yeah. the item? Yeah, first person of message on our new uh, Facebook we just made uh, will win the, win the prize. All right. So that's all you got to do. Uh, all right. We'll begin in the NBA, where we typically do for this podcast, which we've done in every episode, I think. For the most part, probably yeah, actually by every single one. Uh, the Brooklyn Nets are still without Ben Simmons as he's getting his knee reevaluated, which you know doesn't matter. I mean, Ben Simmons is just not going to play for this team this year. Uh, I don't think they need him. He doesn't really bring anything. I think they're fine with what they have. I don't think that they're going to be a threat in the East anyway. I think that they wish they didn't have Ben Simmons. I mean, has he even played? 20 games in a Nets uniform since being traded for Harden? I think maybe 20, but not very many. Like, he, he's probably their 13th guy, honestly, with the way that they look at it. Not good. Yeah. Um, LeBron foot injury, feared to miss several weeks. So, who knows with the Lakers. They lost in Memphis last night. Uh, not on a good track right now to uh, – to get a good playoff position because either way, even if they get out of the playing tournament, they're going to be playing Denver or whoever the two seed in the West is, which could be Memphis. It could be LA. It could be Sacramento, which I think would be great for, for the Lakers, or it could be Phoenix. Um, so. Yeah. Cause right now in the West, it's like four through 13 are like one game apart. Yeah. Yeah. And I think the four currently is the Suns. Yeah. But they've played without Booker, and now they get KD tonight. Yeah. So they should get out of the four hole. Yeah, they can stay healthy. Uh, Quinn Snyder does end up getting the deal with the Nets or the Hawks. I mean, uh, five year deal coming out of U- or he was at Utah, right? Yeah. They let him go. Mm. Steps into the Hawks. Yeah, he's done, you know, generally I think he's well thought of throughout the NBA. Um, I think if he wasn't, he might be coaching in college and at Duke or something like that, uh, which he could have been. He could have made sense as the replacement at Duke if the timing worked out and if he wanted to do college coaching. But obviously the NBA is still highly thought of would have been the biggest name on the market in the off season for coaching. I think now it's probably going to be Ime Udoka. Who's the biggest name on the NBA coaching market in the off season. So who knows what happens there? Uh, but I think the Hawks got the best guy available right now. So if you're going to make a coaching change on the fly and you're going to do it in season and you want to not have an interim guy, then you bring in Quinn Snyder. That's the biggest name in the market. You go from there. I have to think that if things don't work out with Trey Young, they would be willing to trade him and trust that Quinn Snyder can can coach whatever group that they put in there. I'm assuming it's a five-year deal. I would bet that Snyder outlasts Trey Young 
in Atlanta, if I had to guess. Yeah, wouldn't surprise me. I suppose they've already had conversations and stuff and had good chemistry to between one another. Yeah, we'll see. Uh, then you have the Hornets. Uh, Lamelo Ball suffered a fractured right ankle. Out for the year. Yeah. Uh, and he, he can go on vacation with his brother Lonzo since he's out for the year. They can take a ball yeah. family trip, start Snapchat stories back up. Sure, sure. Yeah, well, you know. Hornets are really going nowhere this season anyway. It's probably for the best for draft picks. Uh, I think if they can figure it, because I don't think LaMelo Ball is going to want to stay in Charlotte if they don't get him some more help or like a legitimate number two. And I think Victor uh, Wimbanyama could be that guy if they could be lucky enough to get the number one pick. But I think the Spurs are really going hard for that pick given how many games they've been losing. We know how it pops down there is with some of those international players. Yeah, I think that I think if Wimbanyama goes to the Spurs, he's guaranteed to be a Hall of Famer, guaranteed. And then Sunday you had uh, Damian Lillard drop seventy-one against the Rockets, uh, first player since Wilt to have forty and thirty in back-to-back halves. Pretty good. Uh, he was 22 of 38 from the field, 57.9%. 13 of 22 from three, 59.1%. 14 of 14 from the line, six rebounds, six assists. He's now third all time in 60-point games. Uh, Wilt has 32. Kobe has six. Dame has five. Yeah. Um, Damian Lillard, it's going to be a shame if his career ends without, like, even getting close to winning an NBA championship. I think, were they in the Western Conference Finals in 19? What, I don't know. That's what I was going to ask if he was even like maybe a rookie when Rudy Gay and them made it when the Marcus Aldridge was still there, when they made a deep run. Uh, I don't know. I don't know um, if he was there yet. I think that they did get to the – conference finals at least once and I thought it was 2018-19 while you're uh, looking that up I did see a uh, yeah a way to fix the all-star game make it the USA versus team world the US would get killed in the current like, state of the NBA this show this just shows an image though uh, no, I don't know who the far right guy is in the image for the world but it's Embiid, Giannis, Luka Jokic and I can't tell who the guy on the far right is. And then USA is Tatum, KD, LeBron, Steph, and Kyrie. I think I would probably put like Jalen Brown or Devin Booker or SGA or Donovan Mitchell over Kyrie. Well, of course, they're going to put like the superstar guys out there. Or show them on the picture. Actually, Shea Gilgis Alexander is from Canada, so never mind. Um, but yeah, they they got the Blazers got swept in the conference finals in 2019. So, mm. which that was a, pretty much the last chance for McCollum and Lillard to do anything. So, uh, stat leaders through last night, uh, Lucas still points per game at 33.2. 
Team points per game is the Kings at 120.7. Uh, rebounds per game is DeMontis Sabonis of the Kings at 12.4. Team rebounds the Bucks at 49.4. Assist, Harden 10.7. Assist per game, the Warriors 29.6. Uh, blocks per game, Jaron Jackson Jr., 3.3. The Nets lead in the team, 6.4. Steals is still on an OB of the Raptors at 2, and the Raptors lead team steals at 9.2. Field goal percentage, Nick Claxton at 71.4%. Team field goal percentage, the Nuggets, 51%. Threes made, Buddy Heald, 238, though Clay is right behind him now. Team threes made the Warriors 1,018. Uh, Three-point percentage, Malcolm Brogdon of Boston at 46.4. And team three-point percentage, the Nuggets at 39.2. Team free throw percentage, 76ers at a solid 83. And uh, now we go to the NFL. Uh, office coordinator, Eric Binyami, former Chiefs coordinator, now with the Commanders. Yeah, certainly a uh, pretty easy easy uh, transition into, hey, if I haven't been able to get a coaching job coaching in Kansas City, let me prove that I can do it without Patrick Mahomes and Andy Reid, and we'll see if he gets a chance. Who knows? Uh, who knows who his quarterback's going to be? Yeah, they, they did release uh, Carson Wentz, so – Thanks for the thanks for the four or five games you played in. Yeah, yeah. Well, I, I do think they like Sam Howell quite a bit. He finished the season there last year. He wasn't too bad, but I don't know. I think maybe you draft a guy, you let Bienemy coach him. Maybe you you sign a Jimmy G or a Baker Mayfield, or you stick with Sam Howell. I guess Heineke's still there, right? So maybe the most the biggest wild card of any team that could use a quarterback is Washington. Yeah. Well, I don't know what the Colts have. Yeah, they're probably right there with them. But like the Carolina and the Jets feel like one of those teams is going to get Carr and Jimmy G if Rodgers doesn't go, you know, and the Raiders are another one. But there's a lot still to happen. I thought he would have already made a decision out after coming out of the darkness. Yeah, I think uh, I think the consensus is that he he's probably not coming back. I don't know. I don't, I don't really have a read on it. Uh, the Bears are leaning toward moving the top pick away. That's a smart move. You get uh, you get more pieces um, back. You could probably trade your first round pick multiple times and get more and more pieces. But they're playing the game. They're playing the. Uh, you know, leverage, communication, yeah. let's rumor see what, game. Let's see what every team's going to offer me for this number one pick. Um, Bucks to cut Leonard Fournette says it was at his request. He didn't give him anything no. last season. And I'll save my franchise one to the end. Uh. Matt Nagy back as the Chiefs' offensive coordinator, so he replaces Bienemy. He was the QB coach there last year, so just slides him up. Makes sense. Um, Washington, like I said, did release Carson Wentz after one season, so disastrous is what his career has become. 
Uh, $55 million loan, the main spotlight now in the investigation of Dan Snyder in Washington. That franchise as a whole is a total train wreck, yet they're still not like that bad every year. They're never like horribly bad each season. <laughs> I like how four of the things we've mentioned so far about the NFL are all about the commanders. Yeah, and, you know, not great. Uh, the Bengals are not trading T. Higgins, quote, find your own receiver. Well, they're going to have to get rid of one of those guys at some point because I don't think that there's any chance they can pay Jamar Chase and T. Higgins while still having others, but you never know, I guess. Yeah, don't forget about Boyd, Tyler Boyd. Yeah, you mess around with the cap probably. Uh, the Seahawks considering QB at five amid Geno Smith talks. Another smokescreen situation probably. I think they'll probably still extend Geno Smith. And if they don't, then I don't know what quarterback that they may. Seattle seems like they'll be the team that takes Anthony Richardson with the fifth pick and be like, look at the potential and then sit him a couple years. Get the, the NFL top cap hits at wide receiver in 2023. Tyree Kill, 31.4 million. D Hop, 30.7. Cooper Cup, 27.8. Brandon Cooks, 26.4. DJ Moore, 25. Amari Cooper, 23.7. Chris Godwin, 23.7. Mike Evans, 23.6. Christian Kirk, 23. Keenan Allen, 21.7. Kenny Galladay, 21.4. God, the Giants are regretting that. Yeah, uh, I think they're going to cut him anyway. Stephon Dix, 20.2. And then Debo's cap hit is only $8.6 million. Oh. What's Devontae Adams? He's actually not even on there. His his contract could have been backloaded. Yeah, I'm assuming it probably was. Um, yeah, his cap number in this season was 12. Next season, 14. But then it goes up 25. Then it's 44 and 44, which they're going to have to restructure that. <laughs> He'll be, be, be gone by then. If and if he's not, it'll be restructured in some way to get that down. Uh, all right, let's uh, oh. and then one of those other things to what top free agents, maybe some guys we see elsewhere, which one of them was the uh, commander's defense tackle, De'Aaron Payne, who was the first to get franchise tagged. When you first off, you got Lamar Jackson, does he stay in? Baltimore, or where else would you want to see? Atlanta or Miami, if he's not in Baltimore. I think he'll be back in Baltimore. I'd say if not, I could see him in, like, uh, Houston. I think Houston wants to draft one and see see if they can develop one. Uh, don't want to go to Carr. Don't want to go to Gino. Let's think about this with the Texans. The last time that they tried to develop a quarterback was Deshaun Watson, and he was pretty good. And it wasn't really their fault that it didn't work out with him. So Houston, I think, is capable of developing a quarterback. I know it's a different coach. I feel even better about it. Let's uh, go the Eagles' defense tackle, Javon Hargrave. Chicago. I think they just swap him back for after – they got the guy from Chicago last year. Yep. Uh, Chiefs offensive tackle Orlando Brown. Ooh, I don't know. 
Chicago. <laughs> like imagine, imagine Fantastic. he leaves and then Taylor Lewan goes to the Chiefs, their left tackle. Maybe. Not out of the realm of possibility. Uh, Bucks cornerback Jamel Dean really stepped up last year. Yeah. Think he stays put? Uh, seems like they usually keep their guys as often as possible. So, probably. There's a lot of Eagles here, too. You got Eagles safety Chauncey Gardner Johnson. They'll figure out a way to keep him. If not, he'll end up in like Chicago. <laughs> and then Eagles cornerback James Bradbury. Giants. Going back to the Giants. Niners quarterback Jimmy Garoppolo. Probably not saying Indianapolis. Not saying put. Indianapolis. I wouldn't mind him coming down to Tampa. Tampa Bay. Uh, Josh Jacobs. Uh. Then he stays put, or does he go? I think he goes. Um, I'm going to say top of head, uh, Carolina. Wouldn't be a bad fit. Uh, Saquon. Stay with Giants. the Giants. Yeah. But where, if, if not, where would you want to see him? Say Aaron Rodgers is back. Aaron Jones is gone. Aaron Jones is staying. I'm just so, saying, if he does, like, if this were to happen, would you want Saquon? No, no. It's not a knock on Saquon, but you know. Uh, let's. Oh, this will be my last one here. Cowboys running back, Tony Pollard, Atlanta. The worst is, how long is he going to be out for? Yeah, it's a big question. I would assume you wouldn't see him back into week 10 or later. Given the injury and the fact that it was in, what, December or early January? so I wouldn't mind seeing him in Tampa, especially since his running back coach just left the Cowboys to go to Tampa. Yeah. Yeah. All right. On to golf. Yeah, last weekend you had the Honda Classic winner. Winner was Chris Kirk, a one-hole playoff against Eric Cole. Shot fourteen under, won one point five million. Um, this weekend you have the Arnold Palmer Invitational, presented by Mastercard, defending champion Scotty Scheffler at the Arnold Palmer's Bay Hill Club and Lounge in Orlando, Florida. Yeah, good field this week. Uh, designated event, so you got all the big names back in the mix this week. East Coast swing now after a West Coast swing. So you have this, you have the players, you'll have the Valspar and the Valero Texas. I believe those are the four tournaments, and maybe there's another one I'm missing in there before the Masters. Maybe the RBC. I think the RBC is after the Masters, though. Um, let, me, let me give it a look here. Oh, why Ethan's giving that a look? I'm going to give a little shout to the people who donated the prize for today's pod, Underdog Sports. 
They have locations in Springfield and Peoria. We've both shopped there. Ethan's first golf bag came from there. Just a local small town, or it's not small town, small shop. Almost like a playing in sports. Have used stuff, new stuff, stuff from all around, from hockey, frisbee golf, golf, softball, baseball. They got it all there. Absolutely. Um, let me just say this about the PGA Tour schedule. I was right on the money. Uh, Arnold Palmer this week, then the players, then the Valspar, and then there is the uh, Punta Cana Resort and Club Championship, which I don't really think anybody's playing in that. And then you got the Valero Texas, then the Masters, then RBC, then the Wells Fargo, Max Homer defending champ, AT- AT&T Byron Nelson, the PGA, Charles Schwab, Memorial, Canadian Open, U.S. Open, Travelers, Rocket Mortgage, John Deere, Barbasol. Nobody's playing in that. Scottish Open. Which one is the match play one? The Open. Uh, I think that's – I thought that was the Zurich Classic, but I don't even know. I think that already happened this season. Series of others, another one. I think they are getting rid of that or whatever series they're doing. They're getting rid of it eventually over time. Uh, Do you want to talk about what they're talking about now today? Not really. It's just annoying. I mean, the PGA Tour is going to have smaller fields for designated events with no cut, which I just think is so stupid. It's like, yeah, you can respond to live by having bigger purses and designated fields like they've done this season. However, what is the point in changing that and essentially just put it like to the public eye i know that it's not exactly like this but it just looks like you're trying to give more money to the best players which is like fine whatever but also what about the rest of the tour or the guys that aren't going to be playing in these in these events so i don't understand why they're going this far with it it seems dumb it's the no cut thing is a lot of what i hate about live so yeah i mean the the no cut thing and the small field that's going to make people want to play on those alternate yeah. weekend tournaments instead of going to play in the big ones. Yeah. Like a guy who might get top 40 or might miss the cut, he might go play in that alternate one, knowing he's got a better shot and he's going to probably get guaranteed money. Yeah. Uh, all right. College hoops. Yeah, the top five doesn't move. Uh, Houston, Alabama, Kansas, UCLA, Purdue. We'll get to this at the end. Yeah. Um, Marquette up four to six. Baylor up two to seven. Arizona down one to eight. Texas down one to nine. Gonzaga up two to ten. Kansas State up three to eleven. Tennessee down one to twelve, Virginia down seven to thirteen, Virginia or Yukon up four to fourteen, Indiana up two to fifteen. Uh Miami down three to sixteen, St. Mary's down two to seventeen, San Diego State up four to eighteen, Xavier drops three to nineteen, Providence is twenty. Um, Maryland at twenty one after being unranked, TCU up two to twenty two, Kentucky at twenty three after being unranked. Texas A&M up one, 24, and Pittsburgh up being unranked at 25. I mean, Purdue started the month at one. They've lost four of seven games in February, and they've only dropped to five. I do have two a counter which, to this. Two of which, so they lost 
they lost like three out of four. Yeah, uh, I think there's a couple things here. Number one, the people who vote on this poll and are responsible for these rankings don't really know anything for the most part. I think a lot of these guys are pretty checked out given the rankings that we see each week. Uh, number two, I think Purdue certainly controlled the narrative of them being a top five team all season, especially since they were kind of the lone wolf in the Big Ten and the fact that most of the Big Ten has been pretty average and Purdue was out ahead of everybody for so long. Plus they have the narrative with the player of the year as well, so it's hard for the, them to drop out of the top five in that regard. But also I haven't seen very many teams that have like come and take that spot from them. Like Nobody has really done that. Um I don't think anybody – and that's just what college basketball has been. Everybody's losing so much and everybody's so inconsistent that it's like hard for a team to just completely rise. Like UConn has been in the top 25 this entire time, and UConn had a stretch where they went from 14-0 and to 15-5. and So that's five of six losses right there. And they've stayed in the pool the entire time. So I don't think anybody's coming out and grabbing spots from people. I think that's the reason Purdue – hasn't dropped more, despite the fact that they certainly aren't a top five team at this juncture. There's my point. Yeah. I, I mean, mean, they beat, they barely beat Michigan State and then they lose to Indiana for the second time. But then Indiana got embarrassed. Yeah. Yesterday or Monday? Yesterday, yeah. All right. Uh, Duke finishes undefeated at home in John Shire's first season as the head coach. Pretty Mickey Mouse schedule at home, for being honest. Uh, oh. Let's go ahead and look at their opponents, especially with the ACC not being any good. Let's see. Jacksonville, Freebie, U.S., uh, South Carolina, Upstate, easy. Delaware, easy. Bellarmine, easy. Uh, Ohio State's terrible. That's an easy game. Boston that, College. That was beginning of the year when both teams were ranked. Yeah. Well, what do we know now? Boston College is terrible. That's an easy one. Maryland Eastern Shore, are you kidding me? Uh, Florida State's terrible. Pitt is, like, fine. They're okay. They're pretty good, I guess. It's number know. one in the ACC at the moment. The ACC's not good, though. That's the thing. Miami's good. I'll give you that one. Uh, Wake Forest, meh. North Carolina, meh. Notre Dame's terrible. Louisville's terrible. Virginia Tech is so inconsistent, it's not even funny. And NC State, good team. Who destroyed them at the beginning of the month? Yeah, but your three best wins at home being NC State, Miami, and Pitt, it's like that's not going to do it for me. I mean, especially when you go on the road and you lose to Wake Forest, you lose to NC State, you lose to Clemson, Virginia Tech. No, those are bad. I've never claimed that they're having a great season. But, you know, people kind of cherry-picking the stat here as if this is the classic ACC and they played a great Syracuse team or a great North Carolina team, and they just, you know, they didn't. Uh, how many games did they lose at home last year? They lost a North. Did they lose North Carolina at home last year? Yeah, they lost both games in North Carolina last year. So at home last year, they lost to Miami, Virginia, and North Carolina. Interesting. Virginia yeah. wasn't any good last year either. I did. Was it last year where they lost their non-conference home win streak? Uh, no, I think that was a couple years ago, wasn't it? Because wasn't that like four years ago? I don't think it was that long ago. But it was like it was Stephen F. Austin came in and yeah, shut L- the lights out. It had to be before 2021 or before 2020 because Illinois won at Duke in 2020. 
So I think it was 2018, maybe. No, 20, yeah, maybe a little later than that. Maybe 2019. Yeah, it was 2019. November 26, 2019. Lost to Stephen F. Austin over time. That's a rough one. But when a team came in shooting like they were. Yep. And then last thing, college troops in the women's side, our girl Kayla Clark hit a buzzer beater three to beat number two Indiana with college game day there. Yeah, that was a pretty insane play. I did see the highlight replay deal. Um, and I thought it was funny when I was watching the Indiana-Iowa game last night, the Indiana women's team coming out there with their – I guess they won the Big Ten regular season. They were coming out there with all the cheering and stuff. It's like, eh, you did just lose. And, and Indiana's down by 100 at halftime to the school that you lost to. Yeah, the Indiana women's team that won the Big Ten and that clinched Iowa, I think, number two seed. Well, Illinois is better than all of them, obviously. Illinois women's team lost on senior night to Nebraska by 35. But there, I believe Illinois' women's team is going to make the tournament. So that's like the first time in a billion years. So there you go. Yeah, I was looking at it last night, or like on the men's side, like ACC could get six, maybe seven teams in. Uh, Big Ten was like seven, maybe eight. Pac 12 wasn't that deep. SEC was like six. Yeah. We'll see. Uh, Major League Baseball, weird exchange between umpire C.B. Buckner and Cardinals manager Ali Marmol, where you had the old incident last season of Marmol getting thrown out against, uh, I think it was, what game was that, maybe Arizona? Somewhere along those lines, he got tossed, and there was a whole big thing with Buckner. They tried to shake his hand before the game Saturday or Friday. It was him arguing balls and strikes. Yeah. Arenado was hitting. Yep. Um, And Buckner refused to shake his hand. Marmol called him out in the media, pretty much saying he has no respect for him as a man. MLB probably not happy with either side in this. They said they were going to look into it. Yeah. And then they, they, Marmol and Buckner did shake hands on Monday. And here's the big kicker. I think maybe the biggest part of the story is that Angel Hernandez, of all people, and umpires, who might have the thinnest skin ever if you really look into it, uh, is the one who's apologizing to Marmol for Buckner's behavior. I think that is the biggest indictment on C.B. Buckner in this entire thing. Yeah, because after Buckner wouldn't, the other ones made it a scene to shake his hand. Yeah. So we'll see how this progresses throughout the season. It wouldn't surprise me to see them cross paths in some way again during the regular season. No, but I remember that strike call that he called on Arenado was nowhere near a strike. Yeah. Uh, Dodger shortstop Gavin Lux exits game on car with knee injury turns out to be a torn ACL. Yeah, did you see this? I did not see it. Like, ball hit to third, they turned two. He stumbled going to third, and his knee just buckled. He did a somersault towards the bag, but his knee just gave out on him. It looked horrible. Yeah, and then you had uh. Machado and the Padres finalizing 11-year, $350 million extension. Though, like, when he just got there in 2019, 2019, but he's going to opt out after this season. Yeah, he was he had only, it was only a couple years into his 10-year deal that he had with the Orioles. So, Yeah, uh, Wheaties for sure, yeah. Uh, 
average game time down 23 minutes so far with the pitch clock? When I first kind of read about it or watched some stuff about the pitch clock, I was like, eh, I could do without it. But actually watching a game with it, I am a fan. And yeah, like the clock's not going to be right there behind the backstop. Yeah, that can't that can't be during the game. It's not going to be in the center field camera view. Yeah, they can't have that. Was seeing that in some broadcasts was like, okay, I hate it. And speaking of Chato, what he was the first guy to get hit with a strike. Yeah, I, I thought that. It was actually the other way around, but I I don't know. I thought the pitcher got called for a ball. No, I believe it was. But I, I think you're. I don't. Yeah, yeah. I think you're right. And then last night you had the Orioles and Pirates play Umpless in the bottom of the ninth, in an awkward seven four game. Yeah. I mean, so the game was already over, and then they the yeah the Pirates were their home team. They were up seven four, but they wanted to get yeah a relief pitcher. Some more throws in, so they played the bottom of the ninth in a pointless game with no umps. The umps walked off the field after the middle yeah. of the ninth. Yeah, I thought it was interesting to see that. Certainly, um, a lot of things going on with spring training. So we I, got... mean, I think the umps were so shocked when they turned around and saw that the Orioles were taking the field. Yeah. So we have the baseball preview coming uh, soon few weeks from now for the show so we'll get into that uh next time and uh now we uh have the nhl where the trade oh, deadline well, go ahead the committee or competition committee also voted unanimously to keep position players to pitch only in extra innings and the ninth inning when leading a team is up by 10 or more every time between trailing by eight or more so no you can't just come in whenever yep you got to be getting your ass beat or next ratings. Uh, I'll save the un- that unhittable thing. Current team USB World Cup starting line are rotation Kershaw, Wayno, Michaelis, Lancelin. I think Kershaw dropped out. Well, that was what else was going to be. And then the Cardinals, uh, Jordan Walker acknowledges he's taller than his, li- his listed height. He's now 6'6", 250, same size as Giancarlo Stanton. All right. That'll work. All right. Uh, the NHL trade deadline Friday. Pretty much every trade is happening before then. I don't know. There's still going to be some moves Friday, I'm sure. But a lot, uh, certainly the most active deadline in the history or the most active trade period the last month in the history of the league, I would think. Uh just pretty much the notable moves from the last time we were on to this episode, uh, starting with the Boston Bruins trading picks for uh, Dmitry Orlov and Garnett Hathaway from the Washington Capitals. I believe Orlov had three points last night. So yeah, that's a good trade for Boston, trying to uh, make sure they're fully, you know, they got the depth and, and whatnot to make a, make one last run with the Bergeron, even though it could be more than one with the yeah. Bergeron era. The Bruins got Orloff Hathaway, then the rights to Andre Svetlikov, and then they gave the Capitals Craig Smith, 2023 first, 2025 second, and 2024 third. And then the Wild got a 2023 fifth from the Bruins and retained 50% of Orloff's salary and 25% of Orloff's salary. Or the Capitals retained 50 of Orloffs, and then the Wild took 25. 
So Broad's only paying him 25% of his salary. Yeah, which a lot of teams have been getting a broker. Like Arizona got Arizona was one for the Chicago-New York trade. Minnesota was one for the St. Louis-Toronto trade. Uh, he also had Ivan Barbashev traded from the Blues to the Golden Knights for prospect Zach Dean, who's a first-round pick in 2021. Blues have plenty of picks. They get a nice prospect in there who's better than a lot of the prospects they already have. And he's very similar to Barbashev, so he could end up being the same type of player. And for Vegas, you get a playoff-style player in Barbashev who could play second, third, probably the fourth line minutes. I think it makes sense for both sides. Um, you also had Timo Meyer, the probably the biggest name, probably the best player in the market as he's currently playing right now, going from San Jose to New Jersey. A couple players involved, some picks involved. Big trade there. New Jersey's kind of responding to what the Rangers and Islanders have done to improve their teams. Expected a response from the Devils, and they they delivered. Uh, Tanner Janot traded from Nashville to Tampa. A puzzling return. I think it was like five. I think I think the Janot trade got Nashville a first, second, third, fourth, and fifth round pick from different years. So Tampa has like no picks because they traded two firsts for Hagel last year. And Janot had 20 goals last season. He's not been the same player this season. I know Tampa can bank on him being better for them, but Jesus. First, second, third, fourth, and fifth is like a bigger price than any player has gotten in this market. So very bizarre. Uh, You also had Jake McCabe, defenseman, and Sam Lafferty forward going from Chicago to Toronto. So Toronto continues to add. Yeah, Jesse Pugliarvi going from Edmonton to Carolina for Patrick uh, Puistola, who's a prospect, going back to Edmonton. Pugliarvi's kind of been on the outs in Edmonton for a long time now since being a top-five pick. Uh, Rasmus Sandin from Toronto to Washington for Eric Gustafson, a defenseman, and Washington has already traded the first-round pick that they got from Boston in the uh, Orlov trade. They traded that to Toronto. And then Toronto traded Pierre Engvall to Washington or to uh, the New York Islanders for 2024 third. And then Toronto picked up Luke Shin uh, from Vancouver for a 2023 third round pick. And then Nashville traded Matthias Eckholm, a defenseman to Edmonton for defenseman Tyson Berry, prospect Reed Schaefer, 2023 first, 2024 fourth. Then you had uh, something that seemed like it was going to happen for quite some time now, finally gets done. Patrick Kane from the Blackhawks to the Rangers. I believe it was uh, what, like a second round pick, a third round pick, a couple players, and Kane had all the leverage there. The Blackhawks really had nothing they could do. They just had to get rid of him, get it no, done. Because he had a no, no movement. Yeah, he could yeah. control everything essentially. So we'll see and what the Rangers are. Last night, I got into a debate with our friend Eric. He was now saying, that "Watch out for the Rangers. They're going to be the best team in in the NHL because of this one trade." Because now having Panarin, Kane, and uh, who else did they get? Tarasenko. Yeah. I go, oh, so a guy who's hurt and an old Patrick Kane. I go, you think that's really going from where they're at now to make them the best team in the NHL? Yeah, I think that's a stretch. Um, I'll be curious to see how they perform in the playoffs. I still think the toughest teams for Boston – historically or not historically, will be Tampa and Toronto, which are both Atlantic teams, so they wouldn't have to face them in the uh, – well, they could have to face Tampa in the conference finals depending on the seating and such. But They don't, they don't have to worry about Toronto. I said historically or not historically. So historically it's not a hard matchup, but if you look at Toronto's team, 
I think it would be. But I think goaltending is going to be a big factor. And if, hey, if Igor Shosturkin becomes the Igor Shosturkin of last year, I think the Rangers can beat anybody. But we'll see. Um, I don't know. Uh, the Blue Jackets traded uh, Jonas Korpisalo and Vladislav Gavrikov to the Los Angeles Kings for Jonathan Quick at 2023 first, which is conditional, 2024 third. Looking now like Quick could end up going from Columbus to Vegas. He's had a terrible season. But also, uh, I mean, kind of disrespectful for the Kings to not even just bl- – they just blindsided him with a trade in February for a guy who won two cups for you. Uh, that yeah. doesn't seem right to me. Um, Who's probably been one of their longest yeah. players. Him, him, Kopitar, and Doughty are pretty much the three from that era. And, uh, yeah, kind of a weird move there to do that. Then you had uh, Philip Ronick go from Detroit to Vancouver for a 2023 first, which Vancouver got that in the Horvat trade in 2023 second. Makes no sense for Vancouver. Um, absolutely no sense. Uh, so, this, I'm oh, sorry. And Gavrikov didn't go for as much as you thought that Boston was going to give up for him. Especially since it was Gavrikov and a goaltender that L.A. could use with Corpusalo. So Boston definitely got lucky that they didn't make that trade. Tell you that, and like that's with Orloff as of right now. Yeah, I mean them and Hathaway combining on two goals their night, and then him having his like I think it was his either third or fourth or fourth and fifth goal of the year and an assist last yeah. night. Uh, so for Ronick to go to Vancouver, it's like he's a good player. This season could be a one-off without good he's been. But like Vancouver needs draft picks. This is a rebuilding team. This is a team that's going to be over the salary cap next year and still be terrible. So like I don't understand this move at all for them. Why they would give up a first-round pick that could end up being like a top, like a fifteen to twenty range pick in a draft that's supposed to be the deepest in a long time. It just makes no sense to me. Um, so I think Vancouver is maybe the most poorly managed organization in the league right now and i think this proves it and i think maybe you can make that argument for arizona with this next trade with jacob chicken they've just been talking about trading for months it's been all oh, multiple first big prospects and then he goes to ottawa for a first and two seconds which mm-hmm. i think this first round pick is top five protected and then a 2024 second 2026 second this is a a 24 year old defenseman with 4.6 million dollar per year contract for three more years He's got injury issues. That's the one concern, but he's also a very good player when he's playing. And for the fact that Arizona has been trying to trade him for two years and they wanted multiple firsts and big prospects and they don't get any prospects and they get one first. And one of the second round picks is not for three years is puzzling to me. Like I like Bill Armstrong a lot. Their GM came from the blues was with the blues for a long time, did great things in the drafting department and other areas for the blues, but this makes no sense to me. Uh, but they're going to have to start trading picks. Like Arizona has, I think, eight second-round picks. I don't know if it's in one year or like the next couple of years. Like you can't have all of those picks. You can't dr- draft all of those players. No, it seems like the Red Wings were okay with this just to sign, make this next deal. Yeah, uh, the Red Wings did extend Captain Dylan Larkin eight years, 8.7 mil. I think that's great value given the fact that Horvat got something similar and Larkin's a much better player than Horvat. Horvat's good, but Larkin's better. Larkin's dynamic. Uh, 57 points in 59 games a season, only 26 years old from Michigan. Makes sense that they keep him around. So, well, yeah, and when they deal with Horvat, like they were, like I said, that they were trying to do that to try raising the market. Yeah. Yeah, so I, this is a great deal for Detroit, in my opinion. Um, also, by the way, Arizona has 
eight guaranteed seconds in the next three drafts. It would also be nice just to see Detroit become an actual like contender in the league again. Yeah, they're an original six franchise. Um, you always want those teams to be at the top. You look at recent original six teams, Boston won in 11. They've been good, though, this entire time. The Rangers had a couple bad years. They did get to a cup final in, what, 2014? And then they had their ice skater moment. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, you have Detroit hasn't really been relevant to a certain degree since what '08 that that range. Um, Montreal made do a somehow made it to a Cup final a couple years ago. Montreal did what three years ago or two years ago? Very bizarre that they were ever in there, but they're rebuilding. Chicago obviously won three in five years. Now they're rebuilding. Toronto. Um, has been good this entire time. They just can't get a playoff run going, so it'd be good for the league. And just looking at this, not counting any conditions, in the next three drafts, Arizona has three firsts, eight seconds, and seven thirds. And if the conditions work out, which I believe they will, that they'll get another second, another third, and another first. Because you have conditions on the Ottawa pick, conditions on the Capitals' second rounder in 24, and conditions on the Rangers' third rounder in 25 from the Kane deal. What's what you were talking about GMs earlier and now making moves. Don Sweeney has turned Eric Howla, Ryan Donato, Chris, Craig Smith, Anders Bjork, Erho Vakanen, John Moore, two first-rounders, and seven additional picks into Charlie Coyle, Taylor Hall, Hampus Lindholm, Pavel Zaka, Dmitry Orlov, Garnet Hathaway. Yeah, I saw that tweet. It was kind of underwhelming at first, but... And I just want to give a little shout-out to your team. Uh, Monday marked uh, 17 years since the Blues acquired Wayne Gretzky from the Kings for Craig Johnson, Patrice Tardif, Roman Vopat, and a nice... 96 fifth round pick and a 97th first rounder. Yeah, would have uh, would have worked out well because he would have stuck around if we didn't have a dipshit coaching the team at that point. Mike Keenan, what an idiot, lost uh, Gretzky because of him essentially. So what can you do? And then last night, Linus Olmark versus the Flames stopped 54, 57 shots. 9.47 save percentage, and that included seven power play saves. Yeah, I saw this. Uh, I Boston better start playing better in front of their goalie, or they're going to get picked off. That's all I got to say. Well, I, the worst is I feel like they play better in front of Swayman than they do in, in front of Olmark. Something to think about. Swayman's, think about. Swayman's won his last eight. Yeah. And then you did have – Olmark score score a goal the other night. That was pretty sweet. Yeah, I, mean, I see your text asking if you saw it. And you're like, I did. <laughs> yep. But now points leader through last night. Uh, all right. Connor McDavid leading now, 115 points, 26 ahead. I mean, what are we doing? Uh, defense points. Carlson at 77, 14 ahead. Rookie points, Matty Veneers, 42, seven ahead. Goals, McDavid marked 50, which was – he got that – he got his 40th and 50th against Boston uh, Monday. He's now eight ahead of Pasta. Yeah, he's uh, – I mean, ridiculous. Um, Eric Carlson, defenseman goals, 19. He's two ahead. 
Rookie goals, Veneers, 19-3 ahead. Uh, David assists, 65-2 ahead. Which is of, I believe, Kucherov. Yeah, it sounds right. Uh, defensive assist, Eric Carlson, 58-6 ahead. And then uh, rookie assist, Matias Michelli, Arizona, 26. He's one ahead. Uh, goalie wins, Linus Omar, now 31-3 ahead. And then you have goalie save percentage, Linus Omar, 938. He's plus .008 ahead. So it's getting a little tight. Well, the guy who came in and who's now second, I've never heard of him. I don't know where he came from. <laughs> it wasn't like it was the normal guys who have been there. I mean, I'll, I'll give that a look. And team points leader is the Bruins at 47, 8, and 5. 99 points, 13 ahead. You know, you might not want to win the President's Trophy given the track record of cup winnings with those. Well, I mean, they just have to start losing now. Yeah, you might want to. Uh, all right, let's do the picks. Uh, I was 8 and 3 last week. 1 and 1, 1 and 1, 5 and 1 in college hoops. And I hit on Shane Lowry, top 10. He t- finished tied fifth, 9 under. Are you talking about Philip Gustafson? Nope. That was the goaltender that uh, is second right now. Or wait, no, that's goals against. Uh, yeah, he's second in save percentage too. It's got to be him. I'll look while you're. Uh, yeah, I went ten and one last week. Back to back weeks, I'm twenty and two in the last two weeks. Don't look now. Hit on a golfer. I hit on. Uh, Lee Hodges, top 20, I believe he finished tied 14, 6-0 in college hoops, 2-0 in the NBA, 1-1 in the NHL. And now we have uh now we have picks for this week. Starting, let's start with the uh let's start with the NBA tonight. I get the Suns minus 10.5 over the Hornets and the Heat minus one and a half over the 76ers. I'm taking the Knicks minus seven and a half against the Nets and the Rockets plus ten against the Grizzlies. NHL. Uh, get the Kraken minus 110 over the Red Wings, and I have the Sharks minus 125 over the Blues. I, that's a great pick. I have the Red Wings minus 110 over the Kraken and the Leafs minus 110 at the Flames. I mean, the Kraken just won last, or last night. On a back-to-back, though, that worries me. In Detroit, you know, feeling good. Their captain just got an extension. Why not let it let it, let it, uh, let it rip? Sharks are, Sharks are also on a back-to-back, and they played a late game last night. And they're terrible, and the Blues are even worse. So, And they lost. Easy dub. The Blues are horrific. Thank God they won a cup. I would feel so much worse right now. <laughs> uh, college hoops. I'd feel way better. Well, sure, but, you know, what can you do? You might get one this year. We'll see. Where do you say you want to go here? Uh, college hoops. On um, Thursday, I have Houston over Wichita State and UCLA over Arizona State. I got UCLA over Arizona State and FAU over Rice. Uh, Friday, out of the American, I have Tulane over Eastern or East Carolina, and the Mountain West, I have New Mexico over Colorado State. I got St. Louis over Dayton and New Mexico over Colorado State. Saturday, big slate of college or college basketball games Saturday because based the regular season ends Saturday yep. and Sunday. Last Saturday, this is March. Yes, so. 
Got Marquette over St. John's and Virginia over Louisville. And yeah, I'm cherry picking with that last pick. I'm taking UConn over Villanova. Villanova's been hot. We'll see if they can keep it going. I believe they've beaten Creighton, Marquette, and Seton Hall and somebody else, I believe. They might have beaten Providence, but they're hot. But I'll take UConn, who's been good as well. And I'm going to take, since I think this team needs this badly and they almost blew their game on Monday, I think that this team needs a win here. So why not? The Tar Heels over Duke. I already did it once this year. I'm going to do it again. I think North Carolina is a little bit more desperate this time to get into the tournament, so why not? Yeah, I mean, I don't think they need this one to get in. They can make it run in the – Yeah, but it would be nice for them to get this one. Yeah, I but, I mean, last year they were a high seed and got to the finals. High seed, yeah. But it was a pretty – I mean, let's be honest. They beat Marquette. Well, no, I'm not saying they didn't have, like, an easy road in, but – their they hardest could, opponent was probably the Final Four game. They could not get the national championship. They could get hot in the ACC tournament. I don't know if I see it with this group, but we'll see. I mean, it is the same group, but yeah, there's reasons. Manic is gone. Nance is in. I don't know. We'll see. Uh, all right, Arnold Palmer Invitational. Um, to win, I have John Rom plus six fifty, Rory plus nine hundred, and Max Homa plus two thousand. Taking Max Homa plus 2,000, Justin Thomas plus 3,000, Tom Kim plus 4,000. Two, three, four, uh, bing, bang, boom. Top five, I have Scotty Scheffler plus 225. Me as well. Top 10, I have Colin Morikawa plus 190. Sung Jam plus 330. Morikawa's got to flip a switch. or Yeah, I think he usually gets it going around this time. Top 20, Victor Hovland plus 130. I've been picking him to win, and he hasn't been making cuts, so... This guy's been terrible, too. I'm going to take Spieth plus 200. I don't know. Uh, and then top 40. Oh, Tom Hogue back in. Plus I thought about it. I thought about it. I'm going to go with uh, Joel Damon plus 175. He's on part of my take this week. Maybe a little bump there. He's been playing decent. Yeah, maybe a little bump. We'll see. Always, always plays in the bucket hat. Fun guy. Yeah. All right, that'll do it for us. Uh, be sure to message the the keyword to the Facebook page for the giveaway if you want the item. First one to do it gets it, so good luck. Uh, we'll be back next week for 101. Talk a little bit more college hoops next week probably, kind of oh, recap yeah. some other stuff. But uh, Next week we'll be basically recapping semi semis of uh, some conference champions. Yeah, there'll be some some automatic bids handed out by then as well. So we will see everybody next week. Deuces.